Amen. We've been preaching on a series of healing in the church, and, and we're not only preaching on a series of healing, we're watching people be healed. Amen. Isn't that great? See people healed in the name of Jesus. Praise God. I, I want to share something with you tonight that will, I believe, will strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. Um, turn with me in your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 38. Isaiah chapter 38. We're going to read the first three, or first eight verses, rather, in chapter 38 of Isaiah. Let's stand for the reading of God's Word. In those days, Hezekiah, in those days was Hezekiah sick unto death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, came unto him and said unto him, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. And Hezekiah turned his face toward the wall and prayed unto the Lord. And he said, Remember now, O Lord, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with a perfect heart, and have done that which is good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept sore. Then came the word of the Lord to Isaiah, saying, Go and say to Hezekiah, Thus saith the Lord, The God of David thy father, I have heard thy prayer, and I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will add unto thee fifteen years, or fifteen days, uh, thy days fifteen years, and I will deliver thee this Deliver thee this city out of the, that's Jerusalem, out of the hand of the king of Assyria. That king is Sennacherib. Is and I will defend this city. And this shall be a sign unto thee from the Lord, that the Lord will do this thing that he has spoken. Behold, I will bring again the shadow of the degrees which is gone down in the sundial of Ahaz, ten degrees backwards. So the sun returned 10 degrees, by which degrees it was gone down. So you notice that God turned back time. He turned back the dial. I want to use for a subject tonight, healing has a turning point. You may be seated. Healing has a turning point. The Bible says that Hezekiah was sick. And he was sick unto death. And Isaiah comes to him and says to him, unlike most prophets, you're going to die. Set your house in order. I'm sure that Isaiah did not want to say that. But he was instructed by God to go to Hezekiah, which they were friends. Isaiah and Hezekiah were friends. And he didn't want to go tell him, look, you're going to die. But the truth is, Isaiah was simply obeying the voice of God. And preachers must obey the voice of God. Whether it's good news or bad news, we must say what needs to be said. We must say what the Lord tells us to say. And so Hezekiah was told that you're going to die and you need to set your house in order. Because you're going to die and you're not going to live. Hezekiah, as Isaiah leaves the king's chamber and begins to make his descent down into the courtyard, Isaiah the prophet is going and Hezekiah turns his face to the wall and Hezekiah sobs and cries up to God. He says, God, I believe you're real. I know you're real and I've served you and I believe that you can change this situation. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. You, you would think that uh, by some of the things he said with his face against the wall, it was, he was trying to present to God works or the, a reason for God to heal him through works, but that wasn't what he was saying at all. We'll talk about that in just a little bit. No one is healed because they're worthy. We're healed because Jesus Christ is a merciful God and he's a healer. And that goes without exception even in the Old Testament. God's the God of mercy. He loves mercy. He loves to heal. He loves to touch lives. 
And so while Hezekiah is crying, he wept sore. Not too many people knows what it is to weep sore, but you know, weeping's tough, but when, it, when you weep sore, it's, it's grief. It's, he, he just torn up, and he cries out to the Lord. And God speaks to Isaiah the prophet and said, hold it, hold it, don't go through the gate. Don't leave. Turn around and go back and tell the king, I heard your cry. I saw your tears. And I'm going to give you 15 more years. And I'm going to give you a sign that I'm going to give you the 15 more years. In fact, I'm going to turn the time clock backwards. I'm going to turn back your time in life. You see, um, Hezekiah's time was to die. But God chose to extend his life, and he turned the clock back and gave Hezekiah 15 more years. I believe that God has done that for a lot of people. I believe God's done that for a lot of people in this church. God has turned the clock back and allowed you to live much longer than what you normally would have lived. Many of, already, many of you have already lived past your date of death, and God has extended it by turning the clock back and saying, I'm going to give you more time. And that's what he did with Hezekiah. He gave Hezekiah more time. Now, when you hear the words that you're going to die, set your house in order, we need to understand, to start with, we need, we need to grab a hold of the truth of how to approach the king, the king of kings. You know, so many times when we cry out to God for something, we don't approach him correctly. We just barge into his chambers, his king chambers, and says, I need, I want... I need this, I want, 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 want. And the truth is, if you're going to receive from God, you've got to enter into his presence with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. A king, and I'm talking about approaching the king of kings, the Lord of lords, make big of the king and make big of the king's son. Remember, blind Bartimaeus said, Jesus, thou son of David. Jesus, thou son of David. Blind Bartimaeus was making big of God's son, of the king's son. And the king is the potentate. He's the one over his kingdom that he can choose who lives and who dies. The king can do anything he wants to do. The king can rage war. The king can take. He can... He can uh, tear down, he can build up, because he answers to no higher power. And I realize that they answer to God Almighty, but the king, earthly king could do what he wanted to do because he was, he was the potentate of that kingdom. And we need to understand that Jesus Christ is the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And when we come into the presence of Jesus Christ or into the presence of the king, we need to go in there understanding that there's nothing King Jesus cannot do. There's absolutely no restrictions to King Jesus. King Jesus can do anything he chooses to do. He's the potentate. He's the, he, he is the God of great um, omnipotent power. And there's nothing beyond his strength, nothing beyond his reach, nothing beyond his power, nothing beyond his word. King Jesus can do anything. And we need to approach the throne understanding that Jesus is the king and there's nothing he cannot do. And we need to approach the king with praise and worship. As the scripture says that when Jesus Christ said, when you pray, in the Lord's Prayer, Luke chapter 11, verse 2, you, you, you go to God and say, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. In Matthew 6, 9, and 10, uh, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. And so when you approach the king, as Psalm 100 and verse 4 says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving, into his courts with praise. We need to understand that we just don't go barging in and say, I want, I need, I, 
uh, God, I, I, I want you to do this, I want you to do that. You know, you really sound like a spoiled child when you do that. You need to come into the presence of the Lord and worship him, love him. You see, the king in the Old Testament, a king, you could not go into his chambers without being invited in there. And if you barge into his chambers without being invited, you're dead. You're just killed instantly. If you walk into the chambers of the king without invitation, you're dead. And if you go running up to the throne of the king and say, I want, I want, I need this, you're dead. Because the king had a scepter. And until he stretched that scepter toward you, you were not allowed to speak. And when he stretched the scepter toward you, then you could speak. And when you spoke, you needed to speak with words like, king, live forever. Words like, you're incredible king. You're wonderful king. You just don't go in there and say, king, I want, I want this, I want that. I want. That's not how you do it. You, you approach God with reverence and worship. And that's the one thing that we all need to learn to do. Healing comes in the presence of the king. And when you come into the presence of the king, and I'm talking about King Jesus, healing comes in the presence of the king, King Jesus. And as you come into the presence of the king, he grants healing to you as you come before him in praise. Now, let me simply say one more thing before we get into the, the, the brass tacks of Hezekiah. The second thing I want to point out is don't make much of your sickness. Don't make a big deal of your sickness. You know, one thing the devil wants to do is he first wants to possess you with demons. But if he can't possess you with demons, he'll possess you with disease. And he will try to get you to be submissive to the disease. In fact, he'll try to get you to build your life all around sickness and disease. And there are people that they don't have a life if they don't talk about their disease and sickness. Well, I got news for them. If that's all they can talk about, they don't have a life anyway. Hello? But it's, that's the way it happens. People get, sometimes you meet people that it sounds like they're proud of their disease. Rush God, I got this and I got that and I got this. Well, I want to say, bless God, I got Jesus. I got hope. I got eternal life. I've got the healing power of Jesus in my heart and in my life. And one thing we need to be careful is that we don't make too much of our sickness. Make big of your king. Make big of who Jesus Christ is. Make big. There's nothing he cannot do. There's nothing that he can't, cannot and will not do by his might and by his power. And so I wanted to share those two points with you so that you'll understand what I'm talking about. In healing, there is always a turning point. Or a turnaround. When I was younger, doctors would say if someone got really sick, and I mean, I'm talking about dying sick, the doctors would always say on the third day, there'll be a turnaround on the third day. If the turnaround doesn't come, then they're not going to make it. But we'll see third, third day. Today, there are people who say, well, doctors that will say, well, if they make it through the night, they've got a chance. Or if they make it for a couple of days, they've got a chance. What the doctor is trying to say is that there is a place in which healing has a turnaround. And if that healing doesn't turn around, if you don't have that healing in a turnaround, in your, you know, turn from sickness to, to life, turn from, from the, that which is attacking your body to life, when you have that turnaround, that's when you have your healing. I want everybody to understand that Jesus Christ gave us the ability to have the turnaround. Hezekiah, he's deathly sick. And notice what he says in verse 3 of Isaiah 38. And it says, and he said, remember now, he's talking to God. He's praying with his face 
turned to the wall. He says, I beseech thee how I have walked before thee in truth and with perfect heart. Well, the truth is, he wasn't saying his heart was perfect. He was saying that he was focused on God. He had a belief in God. His heart was perfect in the fact that he knew God was real. And have done that which is good in thy sight. You, you think that's almost like Hezekiah was bragging about, well, you ought to heal me because I'm a good person. That really wasn't what he was saying here in this verse 3. He was saying, God, I know you. And I believe in you. And the reason I know you and the reason I've served you is because I know you. The reason I've been, I, I've turned my heart to you is because I believe in you. The reason I've done what you've told me to do is because I trust you. I believe in you. Amen. People who really believe in God, they have access to the throne of God and for the healing of God in their life. Healing, healing is something that is, well, let me say this without, hopefully you won't misinterpret this, but God takes care of his regular customers. God takes care of his regular customers. And, you know, we, learn, we serve the Lord, we honor God, we, we praise God, we give God glory. So when the sickness does come, we're not bragging to God. We're just saying, you know, I've served you because I believe in you. I've served you because I trust you. I believe you can do this in my life. And the proof of that belief and the proof of that trust is I've served you these years. I read your Bible, I, I, I look to the Lord. The proof of that is that I trust you and believe you. See, Hezekiah's healing wasn't based on what he did in good or bad. His healing was based on the fact that what he did for the Lord was because he believed God was real and he believed God was good and he believed God was merciful. He believed in God, amen? And so to put it um, very forcefully, Hezekiah was one of God's regular customers. And Hezekiah got sick, and Isaiah says, you're going to die and not live. I think it's cool where Isaiah don't even get out of the courtyard, and God says, go back and tell him he's going to live. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? I, I, you know, it talks about Hezekiah turned his face to the wall, and he wept sore. He cried, and God heard his words, heard his prayer, and, and saw his tears. I believe Isaiah, as he was walking out, was having some tears, too. It doesn't say it here, but I believe Isaiah was crying, too, because Isaiah was, was a friend to Hezekiah. They, they were friends. And so Isaiah also was very disturbed about what was going to happen. But there was a turning point, a turning point for Hezekiah's healing. Now, the turning point is very important because God is the one who put an immune system in us that creates that turning point. And then God can bypass that immune system and bring a turning point in your life. Amen? And so when you have a turning point, God does miraculous things. He, of course, God heals instantly. Of course, God heals in great miracles. Of course, God does great things. But notice it was so beautiful that God said, okay, I'll turn back the clock. I'll turn back the degree of the sun. I'll, I'll turn back the clock. I'm going to turn back your life 15 years. I'm going to give you 15 more years of life. That's a pretty good sign. And it's a beautiful sign when God says, I'm going to make the shadow go back 10 degrees. You say, well, how'd God do that? Don't know. But he did it. Did he move the sun? I don't know. I don't suppose that it would matter whether he moved it or didn't move it. As long as God moved, it doesn't matter. Amen? But God gave him a sign you'd be all right. Did you know God gave us a sign too? We'll get to that in just a minute. God gave us a sign too. Now, for those of you to say, well, I don't know whether I ought to take medicine or I don't know whether I ought to, you know, yield myself to, to a doctor's care on something I'm going through. I want to believe God for a miracle. How many, how many would agree to Hezekiah, God is miracle? But he also was given medicine. It was called figs. 
fig cakes. In that day, they thought figs was a healing power. In fact, probably the figs was a lump of figs drawed the infection out of his body. And they, they looked at figs as being a healing medicine. And the Bible is very clear that they were to take figs and put it upon Isaiah. And I think this is beautiful when you stop and look. Look at verse 10 of chapter 38. It says, I said in the cutting off of my days that I shall go to the gates of the grave. I am deprived of the residue of my years. Now in this verse 9 up to verse 19, Hezekiah is talking about where he was about to die. But notice in verse 20, 21, and 22. And the Lord was ready to save me. Hello? The Lord was ready to save me. Got good news. The Lord's ready to save you too. Therefore, we will sing my songs to the stringed instruments all the days of our life in the house of the Lord. Where are they going to sing their songs? In the house of the Lord. Where are they going to trust God? In the house of the Lord. For Isaiah said, let them take a lump of figs and lay it on my, uh, as a plaster upon my boil, and he shall recover. Isaiah said, take figs, put it on the boil, and he shall recover. Hezekiah also said, what is the sign that I shall go up to the house of the Lord? Hezekiah said, I'm not healthy enough. I'm not able to go to the house of the Lord. I don't think I can get to the house of the Lord. And Isaiah, Isaiah says, take these figs, this lump of figs, put it on the boil like a medicine. And uh, you say, well, I don't believe, you know, Look, God uses doctors. God uses medicine. Amen? You say, why, why did Jesus spit in the blind man's eye? Because in those days, they believed that spit had healing power. Why did Jesus make some mud out of his spittle? Because in those days, they believed that spittle with mud was like a healing, like a medicine. You say, well, that's so primitive. Yeah, and another if the Lord tarries another 10 years, they'll think everything we're doing is primitive too. The advancement of medicine is incredible. But let me show you something that blessed my heart. It says, God is ready to save me. And so Isaiah says, yeah, he is ready. Verse 21, take a lump of figs and lay it on the pla uh, as plaster upon the boil and he shall recover. So Hezekiah says, well, what sign can I have that I can go to the house of the Lord? What is it that's going to help me? What is the sign that will give me the strength to go to the house of the Lord? You know, it reminds me of Ephesians 3.20, where it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly above, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to his power that worketh in us. God is exceedingly powerful. He, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to that power that worketh in us. You know, I've seen some power that worketh in us as a church here in our prayers lately. I see the power that worketh in us in our prayers. We've been praying and God's been healing. And it isn't just us. Others have prayed for people that's sick as well. Uh, prayer is, is that ability to, to shake hold of, of God, to lay hold of God. Not because we deserve anything, but because God is a merciful God. God is a healing God. He's ready to heal. As Isaiah said, as Hezekiah said, ready to heal. Now, how many are ready to get really blessed? How many are ready to go wow? See something that will make you go wow. Go to 2 Kings chapter 20 and we'll see another account of this Hezekiah being sick. And we're going to read 11 verses, then we're going to look at some things real quickly, and then we'll be done with the message. Remember, there's a turning point in healing. People make it through the night, they'll live. People make it three days, they'll live. People make it a certain time of crisis, they live. And when that turning point happens, the person lives. But if that turning point doesn't happen, the person dies. See what I'm talking about? Now notice in verse, uh, chapter 20 of 2 Kings, in those days, I love this phrase, in those days, meaning that Hezekiah was under a lot of pressure. 
Hezekiah was battling a guy by the name of Zennacherib. Zennacherib was the king of Assyria. Zennacherib was a dirty monster. He was vile, evil. The capital city for uh, Zennacherib was Nineveh. Zennacherib was going to come in and conquer the city. Remember we read read a little while to you that God would protect the city. God would take care of the city. Well, Hezekiah in those days was messing with Zennacherib. He was trying to deal with Zennacherib. And God told Zennacherib, God told uh, Hezekiah, I'll take care of Zennacherib. And he did. In the middle of the night, an angel comes down in the in the Assyrian camp where Zennacherib was, and one angel smote 185,000 soldiers dead. Hello. That's good stuff. Let me read a phrase to you that's beautiful. Verse 35 of chapter 19. The last sentence of verse 35 of after the angel smotes the 185,000 Syrian soldiers, here's what it says the next morning. Behold, they were all dead corpses. They woke up dead. I, I, I assume Zanacharyev, when he got up, his whole army was pretty much dead. An angel killed them all. What'd they do? He went back to Nineveh, the capital of Assyria. Then it says, in those days, during the time of this, this what a time to get sick. How many know there is no good time to get sick? How many would agree there's no good time to get sick? And Hezekiah during those days was sick unto death, and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, came to him and said, Thus saith the Lord, Set thine house in order, for thou shalt die and not live. Then he turned his face to the wall. We read that in the other scriptures. And prayed unto the Lord, saying, I beseech thee, Lord, remember now uh, I have walked before thee in truth with a perfect heart, and, you know, done that which is good in thy sight, Hezekiah wept sore. This is in Second Kings chapter 20. And it came to pass afore that Isaiah was gone out of the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Turn again and tell Hezekiah, the captain of my people, thus saith the Lord, the God of David, thy father, I have heard thy prayer, I have seen thy tears. Behold, I will heal thee on the third day. See it? On the third day, thou shalt go up unto the house of the Lord. On the third day, you can go up to the house of the Lord and sing and praise and worship me and I will heal you. And in that process, verse 6, I'll give you 15 more years. I will deliver this city out of the hand of the Assyrians. I will defend the city of mine own, for my own sake, for my servant David's sake. Isaiah said, take a lump of figs. They took, laid it on the boil. He recovered and Hezekiah said unto Isaiah, what shall be the sign that the Lord will heal me and that I shall go up into the house of the Lord. Notice he says, what's going to be the sign that will cause me to go up into the house of the Lord? And notice it says, I will turn back the dial. Verse 9, and Isaiah said, this sign shalt thou have of the Lord, and the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go back? Which one you want me to do, Hezekiah? You want the shadow to go forward or backward? And Hezekiah said, well, to go forward is not a big deal, but to turn it back, turn back the clock, turn back the time, that's a big deal. Verse 10, Hezekiah answered, it is a light thing for the shadow to go 10 degrees. Nay, but let the shadow turn back Backward 10 degrees, and Isaiah the prophet cried unto the Lord, and he brought the shadow of the 10 degrees backward by that which had, done, uh, had gone down from the dial of Ahaz. Now, I want you to stop and think about it. Here you have Hezekiah. He's unable to get out of his bed. Isaiah says to Hezekiah, you're going to die. Set your house in order. The only strength he had was to turn his face to the wall and cry. He's been so sick, he turned his face to the wall and he cries. He weeps. And he says, God, you can do this. God, I believe in you. God, you're a powerful God. God, there's nothing you cannot do. 
And he wept and he cried with a broken heart. And the Bible says that God spoke to Isaiah the prophet and said, turn around, go back. I've heard his words. I've heard Hezekiah's cry. I've saw his tears. Go back and tell him I'm going to give him 15 more years. But Hezekiah, I want you to take your medicine. I want the figs, the, the plaster of figs to be put upon the boil. And I want it to be there. And it will draw the poison out of your body. See, I can't believe God uses me. I can. God uses many means. He could supernaturally have healed Hezekiah. But he said, no, no, I want you to trust me on this. You put the fig paste on his boil that was infected. And it drawed the poison out. And Hezekiah says, when will I be healed? When will it happen? And God said, when uh, healing has a turnaround, when healing comes and turns around, you're going you're gonna to experience healing on the third day. And on the third day, you're going to get out of this bed, you're going to go down to the temple of God, and you're going to worship me. And you're going to give me glory. See, I'm going I'm to give you, I'm going to have a turnaround. Healing's going to come. There's going to be a turning point in your life, and healing's going to come, and you're going to get up, and you're going to be healed, and you're going to worship me. You're going to give me praise. You're going to honor me in the house of the Lord. I know someone else that went to a tomb. I know someone else that died on the cross of Calvary, took our sickness, took our disease, took our boils, took our cancer, took our affliction, took our disease and sin, and Jesus Christ took it upon the cross of Calvary, was put in a tomb, and three days of the simmering love of God, three days of the drawing power of the Holy Ghost, three days of the drawing power like those figs, only this is God drawing the poison out of us. After three days, I will raise my son, and Jesus Christ rose again from the grave. There was a turnaround, in the healing, Jesus Christ turned around in the death, turned around in the grave, rose again from the grave the third day, and they said, I want everybody to understand, on the third day, you're healed. On the third day, you're healed. On the third day, go to the house of God and worship God. And he says, you want proof for this? I'm gonna turn back the dial. I'm going to turn back your past. I'm going to turn back the sins of your past. I'm going to turn it all back. I'm going to turn back the dial. And I'm not going to give you just 15 years. I'm going to give you everlasting life. <laughs> Isn't that good? I'm going to give you everlasting life. After three days, you'll see it. And God says, this will be a sign. What was the sign to you and I? Jesus Christ said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll rise it up. Speaking of his body, Jesus Christ said, you tear the, destroy this body, and in three days I'll rise again from the grave. And Jesus Christ died on the cross of Calvary, took our sicknesses and disease, was put in a tomb, and in three days he rose from the grave. That's our sign. That's our sign. And we assemble together in the house of the Lord. And we give God praise for forgiveness. God praise for healing. God's praise and give him honor and glory for his majesty powerful. And if it means medicine along the way, take our medicine. If it means time, if it takes a, a, a length of time, then so be it. But we need to understand that our healing God heals sometimes instantly. God heals sometimes gradually. God heals sometimes through medicine. God heals sometimes through surgery. God heals sometimes just supernaturally. But God heals. I uh, looked at this, uh, seen this the other day, and I thought this is so beautiful. I had to share it. I, I've got it printed out. There is a bamboo, a Chinese bamboo, certain kind of bamboo, that this bamboo can grow up to nine stories tall. Huge, nine stories tall. This is in China. And they would take this bamboo and they would, that would grow to nine stories tall building, is that tall, and they would, they would prepare the ground 
They would get the dirt just perfect. They would take the seed of the bamboo and put it in perfect condition soil. They would lay the seed in the ground and they would water it. But it doesn't come up the first year. The bamboo doesn't come up the first year. They water it, they tend to it, but nothing happens. The second year, they garden it, they water it, they clear the area, they tend to it, and still nothing happens. The third year, they water it, they tend to it, but still nothing happens. The fourth year, they water, they tend the soil, but yet nothing happens. But on the fifth year, a little shoot of grass, a little blade, a little shoot of bamboo will come up out of the ground on the fifth year. And on that fifth year, (laughs) in five weeks it grew, it grows 90 feet tall. In five weeks, after it gets its shoot out of the ground, after five years, when it comes up, in five weeks it goes 90 feet tall. Now the question would be, did the bamboo grow 90 feet tall in five weeks? Or did it grow 90 feet tall in five years? So we need to understand that faith like this is, you know, our faith is like that sometimes. Because you see, if you plant the seed and you take care of the seed for a year and nothing happens. If the man that's planting the bamboo decides that it's not going to do anything and he gives up after the first year, it's not going to survive. If he doesn't water it the second year, it doesn't survive. If he doesn't tend to it the third year, it doesn't survive. And I mean, no, after four years, you're probably getting pretty depressed. Looking at bare ground, nothing's happening. But on the fifth year, you water it, and all of a sudden, just a little shoot comes up out of the ground, a bamboo. Just a little shoot. Can you imagine the excitement? Woo! Five years, and there's a little blade of grass coming up. Wow! Hallelujah! And can you imagine, in five weeks, that sucker goes 90 feet tall. And later, nine stories in a building that high. I want to tell you, friends, our healing is not by accident. Our healings are on purpose. Our faith is not by accident. Our faith is on purpose. We have faith because we believe the Word of God. We have faith because we trust Jesus Christ. We grow in the Word. By the way, it may take the first year nothing. The second year, it may not see much. The third year, you may not see much. The fourth year, you may not see much. But all of a sudden, God starts moving in your life. There's a little blade of grass, a little green blade come up, and you go, wow. And then there's an excitement for that sucker to grow 90 feet tall in five weeks. But see, what we want to do is we want it to happen in five weeks, not five years. We want it to happen in five weeks, not five years. God takes care of his regular customers. And the beautiful part about this is, is that healing is not something that we just lay hands on somebody and by accident something happens. Healing needs to be learned. I didn't say earned. Healing needs to be learned. I didn't say earned. Healing needs to be learned. Faith needs to be learned. I didn't say earned. Faith needs to be learned. Living for God needs to be learned, not earned. Heaven and going to heaven needs to be learned, not earned. And we need to understand that no one's going to go to heaven because we've done a certain work or a certain deed. We go to heaven because there was a turnaround. Amen? I remember before I got saved, cussed ever out of breath. Always something ugly in my life. And when I was 23 years old, there was a turnaround. 
And God turned me around and gave me eternal life. He ignited my faith because I heard of the majestic Savior. Now, as a young believer, I was covered in grace. As a baby in Christ, I was covered in grace. But let me tell you, friends, I had to learn. I had to learn. It isn't just a majestic, well, you know, the name of Jesus is magical. The oil is magical. The laying hands is magical. No, it's not. The oil and the word and the laying on hands is not magical. It's majestic. When we learn it, it's majestic. Ah, preacher, I don't see where you get that. Well, didn't Jesus say, come unto me, all you that labor and the heavy laden, and I'll give you rest? That's something that you just receive by grace. But he says, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me, and you'll find rest for your soul. See, we need to learn. Need to learn. Healing needs to be learned, not earned. And, and healing is not something. How many know doctors also learn? I mean, they, they don't pay for their diploma in the, in the means of would you run me a Xerox copy of, you know, I realize that's a primitive statement, but you run me a copy of a diploma. That they don't steal a diploma. They go to a school and they learn. And as a doctor, they learn. And they earn, not by merit of their own ability, they learn and God invests in them the ability to be a doctor. I don't know about you, but I don't want a doctor that paid for his diploma from someplace where he didn't earn it or learn it. I want a doctor that knows what he's doing, amen? Hello? If I get on an airplane, I don't want the pilot to go back in the back while I'm sitting there in that long tube and the pilot to say, pray for us. I've never driven one, driven one of these before, but it can't be much worse than my scooter I rode over here to the airport on. I'm gonna be finding a back door. I mean, you agree. They, you need to learn to fly an airplane. Amen? But you don't have to learn to get on it. You just have to trust the guy that's driving it's learned it. I want to say to everybody in this room, learn healing. Learn healing. Don't just say, well, I'm going to pray that God will somehow, and he does. God does miracle healings. God does unmerited healings. I mean, he does supernatural healing, and God does spare lives, but we need to learn, learn that God heals many different ways. He heals through medicine. He heals through doctors. He heals through surgery. You know what fascinates me about Hezekiah? Isaiah says to Hezekiah, you're going to live and not die when he goes back the second time. You're going to live and not die. I got some good news, Hezekiah. You're going to live. And Hezekiah says, well, when am I, I going to get out of this bed? When am I going to be able to go down to the house of the Lord and praise God for it? When, when's that going to happen? And Isaiah said, well, take these figs and smash them up. And let the nurse and the doctors put it on that sword. And we're going to believe God to just suck all that poison out of you. And Hezekiah says, can you give me something a sign? Can you, can you give me some concrete evidence that, that I'm going to be able to get up and go to the house of the Lord? And Isaiah says, well, in three days. In three days, you'll be able to do that because healing's going to have a turning point. When you have that turning point, you're going to go back to the house of the Lord and you're going to worship the Lord. So that's going to be so incredible that I'm going to turn back time. I'm going to turn back your life. I'm going to turn back time, and I'm going to give you 15 more years. And I'm looking at some people in this room that God has given you 15 more years. Some of you, God's given you 20, 30 more years. God's been good to you. He's given you more time. And that's what Jesus Christ did. In fact, in many ways, God the Father turn back the sun 
in the cross, turned back the sun in the tomb so that he could give us 15 more years, 30 more years, 100 more years, everlasting life. That's the sign. Amen? So please hear me. You would think that Isaiah would just say, well, get up and go on to church and worship the Lord. And Isaiah said, uh, 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 we're going go, to go the channels. We're going to go the way that God told us to go. Take figs and let's take your medicine. Let's do what you can do and God will do what you can't do. And we're going we're gonna to raise you up and there's going to be a turning in your healing. There's going to be a turning point in your healing. Is anybody getting, getting anything out of this? Be a turning point in your healing. You know, you, you know it, it's a sad day when people say, well, I want to just, you know, forget the doctors, forget the meds. Well, who wouldn't want to? But the truth is, sometimes we need a little extra help. Sometimes we need that shot. We need that medicine. We need that surgery. And when we take it, and the Lord uses it and gives us a turn back, a turnaround, gives us a turning point in our healing, then we live many more years. But I, it's sad so many times people just misinterpret the things of the Lord. You know, Apostle Paul took a doctor with him everywhere he went. Did you know that? Apostle Paul took a doctor with him. Luke, the physician. Not only did Apostle Paul take Luke, the physician, with him, Jesus used methods in his healing that pointed to medicine of that day. Well, Jesus knew spit and mud wasn't a medicine. He knew his spit was, but he didn't, you know, he knew that the doctor's spit wasn't medicine. The, the Lord of glory, God knew that spit and making mud out of your spit's not some great medicine, but people used it. Remember the, remember the uh, where he spit in the eye of the blind man? And people used spittle. And they'd go down and wash in the pool of Siloam, the blind man. You know, you, you, you stop and think, why did Jesus use these meth methods? Why did, because he wanted to give them something to do. And that's one thing that we need to learn. When it comes to healing, God often will give you something to do. Hear me. When it comes to healing, quite often God will give you something to do. And sometimes that something to do is medicine. Sometimes that something to do is pushing yourself away from the pork chops. I know that's, a, that's blasphemy. I understand that. Sometimes, sometimes you, know, you know, I said healing has a turning point. Did you know sickness also has a turning point? You, you know, when you, run out, when you run out in the snow, it's 20 below windshield. You run out in the snow, start naked. You've got a Big Mac in one hand and two Twinkies in the other. And you're eating in the snow, start naked. You can expect to get sick. And if I see you, I can expect to throw up myself. Right? If you just keep eating grease and keep eating things like that, sooner or later it's going to get caught up with you. Sooner or later, you know, it, there's going to be a turning point. You can't just eat like some of us eat. Notice I said us. You can't just eat like that and keep eating like that and expect that there's not going to be a turning point. And sometimes sickness has a turning point and boom, it hits you. I mean, your, your, your arteries don't get clogged overnight. They get clogged over time because bacon is awesome. Amen? And exercise is horrible. Right? And who wants to eat salad all the time? You know, I've learned if you, I learned if you eat about a half a head of lettuce, you can eat two banana splits and a cheeseburger. Well, that isn't true, but it sounds good. Amen? I was up at Golden Crowd the other night, and I was having a good time. 
And I ate me a piece of steak, greasy steak. I ate me a piece of steak. And all it tastes good. And I got me some dumplings, chicken and dumplings, and it was good. Greasy, good, good stuff. And I got me some dressing. And, 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 and then I passed by this little place on the bar, the, the food bar, not the liquor bar, the food bar, walked past this little place, and they had the, some of the smallest little cabbages you've ever seen in your life. I thought, boy, this must have been a bad year for cabbage. Little old cabbages about the size of your thumb, little, about, about like a, a golf ball. And I thought, you know what? If I'll eat about five of them, then I can have some banana pudding later. Wait a minute. If I'll eat seven of them, I can have some bread pudding too. You know what? You don't get clogged up overnight. It takes time. You need to exercise. You need to live right. You need to drink plenty of water. You need to exercise our bodies because the truth is it catches up with us. By the way, you don't get healed overnight either unless it's a miracle. And that does happen. God does give us miracles. But we get healed by learning God's Word. We need to learn. Learn healing. Amen? Isn't that good? Now, I know I could have talked all night and not said that about bacon. I mean, and of course, you know, Robert Fink says, Greece is the reason I've lived so long. And I said, Robert, Greece ain't the reason you've lived so long. He said, well, what is the reason then? I said, the reason is God's a good God. And, and I said, the only reason you don't squeak when you walk is because you're too lubed up to squeak. He loves that greasy food. And I do too. How many like the greasy food? You say, preacher, you shouldn't be preaching about this on Thanksgiving Eve. Yeah, we should. Eat all you want, folks. Eat all you want. Got to get, got to get your act together the day after. Amen. Let's approach tomorrow like a day of grace. Amen? My wife's a good cook. She's got a lot of good stuff fixed. And one thing my wife won't do to me tomorrow is I won't sit at the table and she'll bring them Brussels sprouts out and cut them in two and leave them on a the plate and say, Honey, the cinnamon rolls is for the kids, the turkey's for me and the, and the boys. The pumpkin pies and all the pies is for the kids. You can have the Brussels sprouts. My wife loves me, and she's not going to do that to me. Amen? I'm making sure of that right now. I want to give an invitation. Josh, you want to come and bring a song? We're glad that you came tonight, and we want you to have a great time tomorrow. Enjoy your blessings. Amen? Enjoy it. Enjoy the goodness of the Lord. But remember, God uses methods in order to heal us. I think that's obvious with Hezekiah. I think it's obvious what Jesus did with the spittle and the mud and that stuff. I think it's obvious that God sometimes gives us something to do in the process of our healing. Amen? Isn't that beautiful? That's what Jesus did. He gave him something to do. And they did it, and God gave them healing. Alders open one, invite you to come.